Welcome to The Bear and the Ball. I am your host, Nick Webster. Today, joined by a very good friend of mine, the CEO of Cow South, Mr. Terry Fisher. And the reason for this beautiful podcast this morning is Terry, six months ago, was the first ever guest on The Bear and the Ball. And over the last six months, a lot has happened because this is a man that is turbocharged and willing and excited and determined to bring youth and adult soccer back to the fore here in Southern California. Terry Fisher, how are you today? My life could not be better, Nick. It's beautiful. Even though today appears that uh, Southern California is going to get some rain, much needed rain. Everything has been fabulous. My first uh, six and a half months have been great and excited to share that today with the people on your podcast. Nick, thanks for doing this and uh, appreciate the time. As always. And yes, I'm looking out of the window right now. And it reminds me actually of a cold, wet night in Stoke. The rain is coming in sideways, something you very rarely see in Southern California. The skies are gray and dark. And to be honest with you, I feel like I'm at home. Cool. Well, that's good. So the the point is that perhaps those dark skies have kind of reflected the the first six months of trying to get involved in what's going on at at Cal South and regenerating, rebranding, rethinking, and pushing ourselves forward. We just to set the record, we experienced last year a very unfortunate situation where our former board president uh, resigned, and in the in in some. Uh, um, some unseemly series of events ended up persuading a large number of Cal South players, families to leave to go to SoCal, which is the U.S. club version of Cal South. And if that didn't add enough confusion to the ball game of calling themselves SoCal versus Cal South, I want everybody to understand Cal South, founded in 1974, spent millions of dollars supporting the development of youth soccer and adult soccer in Cal South for all that time. And every time you look around and see a soccer field, it's really because Cal South did it, started it, put the groundwork in to do it. You know, they tell us that competition sometimes makes you better. But in this case, sometimes competition simply diluted a product that should never have been diluted. Every player in youth soccer in Southern California and in adult soccer should be playing with Cal South. There really was no great reason to leave other than a few greedy club leaders decided that they wanted to be the ones to make all the rules and really not follow any of the simple traditions of 47 years. And let's also be fair that Cal South created some of their problems that they weren't listening all the time. They were slow moving. They didn't react quick enough. But there really should have been no reason for us to lose tens of thousands of players to go to another organization that really doesn't have a state association, has nobody really to call, doesn't have 35 staff, doesn't have people that are directing uh, things for referee development, as we do with Juan Guzman. They have nobody in their group that's giving large numbers of coaching education classes like Steve Hoffman's doing. Nobody that ran a state cup of 4,000 teams like Cal South did, but yet some left bullied to go away and start an organization and grow the members in another another club situation. So I've spent the greater part of six months uh, when I got hired June 14th saying that I was going to change governance in Cal South. If one of the criticisms of, 
of us was that we weren't listening. I can tell everybody out there in the marketplace, we are listening with the biggest ears you've ever had. If you think Dumbo has big ears, we have bigger ears than Dumbo. And in fact, we are listening so much to everybody that has a criticism about what we could have, should have, might have done. We're no longer worrying about what's in our rearview mirror. We're worried about what is in front of us. So we took on the task of redoing governance in CalSouth. What does that mean? We had, a, we had an archaic system where we previously had representatives from areas that were labeled district commissioners that were put onto the board of directors. And in many cases, there were conflicts between what was good for the district and what was good for the state. And that is a, is, that is a governance model that was good for none when you had no competition, when you had a monopoly, but not for one which now has to deal with a situation where you no longer have a monopoly. And we switched that governance model over to now seven people that will serve on the board of directors that represent all of the 24 million people of Cal South. And it will be balanced. It will care about adults. It will care about youth. It will care about every locale, but they will have one hat on. What is good for Cal South? Not what's good for a district per se. Those people will still represent everybody, every constituency, whether it be top soccer to ODP and referees and coach education and keeping kids safe and trying to develop programs where we can actually invest back into the soccer community. Nobody has invested the kind of money that Cal South has into fields, into players, into coach education and keeping you safe and keeping us easy to do business with. It isn't even a fair comparison between us, Cal South, and SoCal. These analyses of that Cal South doesn't have the competition of SoCal. These people must have their head buried in the ground. Coast Soccer League is just as good as anything that's offered on the other side of the fence. Take out ECNL. ECNL is not a U.S. club. It's affiliated with U.S. club, but it's a program onto itself. The teams that are playing in the leagues of SoCal are the second, third, and fourth teams of clubs. They aren't the top of the wagon. So this idea that they are such a better competition is completely false, completely bogus. It's mythical, and we have to stop the nonsense, stop perpetuating the great lie. We have to now focus on promises made, promises broken by SoCal. Promises made, promises broken. Rescheduling games, non-performance of referees, lack of attention to picking up phone calls, lack of the customer service that Cal South was setting the standard for 47 years. We actually have a staff of people who pick up the phone and answer your questions. So when we put side-by-side comparisons, Cal South and SoCal, in every subject, we are better. Anybody who looks at it comparatively, Cal South is better. Now, the difficulty we had a year ago was in January, this, this, this transaction happened between our former president and the group and people left. Well, they, we didn't know if they were leaving really until September 1 of 2021, because that was the end of the playing year. And then, of course, when they matriculated over, I heard this thing about, well, if we don't go to SoCal, who are we going to play? Well, I got the same response for you. Come back from SoCal to Cal South and you'll play the same people. 
So you were bullied to go over to the other side. And now I'm simply asking you politely to come back to the side which offers you a better product. And if you think CalSouth doesn't offer you a product that's better, go to the list. It'll be up on our website. Compare CalSouth to SoCal. And if you can't make a decision based on value added, then I don't don't really know how to talk to you as a customer of soccer. And soccer in Southern California, 47 years. Millions and millions of dollars given back to families and players from Cal South to help make their lives better. And in an instant, bang, some of them were pulled away by DOCs who wanted power and greed to go to the other side of the coin. And quite frankly, I'm not having any of it. Uh, We do a better job. We are a better product. We have value added way beyond anything that they could even think about. Yet families don't ever hear about it from their DOCs. Families don't hear about it from their team coaches. And I'm telling all of you small boutique and middle clubs that are bullied by the big four or five in SoCal, get on back to the green side of the field and come back to, to Cal South. Where, where we think that we've invested a lot in you over time. And I think you deserve to have the best and not go for second best. Love that, Terry. And I couldn't agree more with your sentiment. So let's, let's, let's dive in a little bit and, and talk Cal South and some of the platforms that we do offer. Now, I'm very good friends with Juan Guzman, our state referee, uh, a signer, and without a doubt, one of the best in the business. Him and I have spoken uh, many times over the last year about how we can attract referees and and some of the trials and tribulations that referees are going through. And, um, of course, Urban Tales, I'm hearing from uh, SoCal, is that, you know, referees are not showing up. The standard of refereeing is abysmal. Um, I've seen for myself, you know, U15, U16 boys games with one referee, which is a recipe for disaster. When we look at the Cal South refereeing program, what are the highlights that jump out to you? Well, let's first of all be very clear. There's only one organization in, in Cal South that is paying for referee director. Juan Guzman is on the payroll of Cal South, completely funded by Cal South, in charge as the state referee administrator to train, retrain, recertify, recruit referees. So let's Let's speak first about which organization is actually making an investment in developing and maintaining and upgrading referees. Start with the fact that we do not have enough human beings that actually want to go out on the soccer field and become referees. That's one. So first of all, it's, it's, it, it's, in, our, it's in our jurisdiction to help recruit those. SoCal can sit there and just complain about referees, but they don't pay They don't pay a dime. Let me go back. SoCal does not pay a dime to help develop referees. They don't pay a dime. So the point is they get referees assigned by local local assigning groups that are out of the pool. And I can't say that they get bad referees. Those are just referees. But the point is that we as Cal South, we can control our assigners. We can control our games. But, you know, we're actually doing something proactive to do it and improve it, Nick, versus just sucking off of the system and then talking about the fact that, well, 
we have no referees today and it's Cal South's problem. Well, here, we're the solution. We need 10,000 more referees. We need to keep referees in the game. And a lot of this comes from also making sure that a referee, a young referee that goes out to their first game, either as a, as a, a sideline uh, person or gets a center, that they don't get verbally abused by people. You know, creating an environment where you can actually go to a soccer game and actually enjoy working the soccer game, calling the fouls on the sideline, calling the center of the game. When's the last time that you saw a referee walk out of there and said, that was great fun? That was great fun. They go there with some trepidation because they're concerned about sideline behavior and getting harassed by the participants. And this whole thing is something that Cal South, Cal South has spent a lot of money in developing respect, uh, respect campaign, respect for the game, respect for the referees, respect for the fact that they're just people trying to do the best they can. And no doubt worldwide referee development is still an ongoing project, even at the top of the game. So what do you think it is down at the, the beginning grassroots of the game? It takes time, energy, mentoring, assessing, recruiting, retraining, retesting, physical fitness, retraining, retesting. It's add, water, rinse, and repeat. That's how referees get developed. I know, oh, by the way, we had a pandemic. A lot of people didn't feel safe coming back after two years of no games. Didn't want to be a be in that, that situation. So add to that the fact that we never had enough to begin with. We had a pandemic. But I'll tell you what, Cal South is actually investing the time, money, and energy to actually do something about the problem versus SoCal sitting on the sideline and just being extra baggage. So our program, Juan Guzman, is as good a referee uh, administrators you're going to find in America, and he belongs to Cal South. And there are places in CSL, if you have a problem with a referee, you can go in and make comments. Hopefully all the comments are based on, oh, by the way, we'd like to make referees better. And oh, by the way, yes, referees often get things wrong, but many, many, many more times they get things absolutely right. And just because it didn't go in your direction, uh, they are still human beings with the same frailties as anybody else. The fact is they're there to provide some structure to the game. And, oh, by the way, players should actually know the rules. You know, they should actually know the laws of the game. They should know things happen. But at the same time, they have to take the core belief that, that the referee and the crew doing the match are doing the best that they can. Can they get better? Absolutely. But also remember, when you look at a referee, that's a Cal South dollar that was invested into that person to get better and thank that person for taking the time and energy to actually be a game official. A little bit of respect will go a long way to making soccer and our referee core better in the coming years. I can certainly attest to the excellence of Juan Guzman having taken the grade eight refereeing license with my son. A few months ago, we went down to Torrance. Juan Guzman is there mentoring and supplying incredible leadership. And I think that your point about respect to referees is so vital. And that is how we will attract them back into the game. And obviously learning the game through Cal South is no doubt the way to go because your instruction, 
you'll be getting is second to none. Let's talk. A, let's talk a little bit about coaching. Uh, obviously, both you and I, great friends with Steve Hoffman, who has been the longtime technical director for Cal South. I know that you have some other platforms and programs that you've on the verge of uh, bringing out and and publicizing. Talk to us a little bit about coaching education, because without a shadow of doubt, and having been raised in Southern California as a coach. Our coaching education really is second to none. It's 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 mm. top of the market, and the experiences and lessons that you get to learn from some of the best coaches, some of the best coaching teachers in the country is really second to none. Let's go back to the beginning, starting in 1974, when the game wasn't so structured. We were starting to get coaching licensing from U.S. Soccer Federation, from Detmar Kramer, and that whole crew. Along about that time came along a young boy by the name of Steve Hoffman. Steve Hoffman began working in Cal South in those days, and here he is in 2022, still here running what should be understood as the best coaching education department in the United States. One more time, the best coaching education department in the United States. And sometimes when you've been there that long, people kind of take you for granted. And what we've done is, in some cases, taken Steve, Steve's work and his staff of coaches that he's developed and mentored over many, many years, they sometimes are taken for granted. He works very closely with Laura Duwah in administrating this. And also, people have to understand that coaching licensing in America has changed dramatically in 50 years, 40 years. Uh, the point is that U.S. soccer now controls all of the coaching education stuff through the learning center. Steve Hoffman and his staff had to go back and relearn everything from the instructors of U.S. soccer. And many of the things that we have now in place uh, because of our status in the development of coaches in America, the first call that U.S. soccer makes is to Steve Hoffman and asks him, what do you think? Our coaching education courses are not only in English, but they're also in Spanish. So anything that's happened in Cal South soccer coaching education came from us. And anything that's now going in SoCal is stolen from us. And many of those instructors that they want to work for them and their coaches were trained by us, Cal South. So again, it's a situation where there's nothing new on that side of the fence. Everything that started comes from Cal South. And Steve Hoffman over the years has been viewed by every every state association as Cal South was the Emerald city on the Hill because of the quality of the players, the quality of the coaches, the, the confidence of all the coaches, the coaches in Cal South have a huge, a huge pool of players that they get to work with every year. Every day is a good day in Cal South and everything that we've tried to develop over the years, uh, the centers of excellence, the pro plus development, the, the ideas of, of having uh, more ability to host C licenses. Cal South gets more C licenses than any other state association in America. Why? The size of our market and the quality of our instructor. So Steve Hoffman stands atop the mountain. And sometimes people say, uh, been there too long, not going to listen anymore. That's not true in Steve's ca case. Everything is still relevant. So part of what we're thinking about is uh, we're bringing on board another person, uh, Diogo Gama from Sporting Club Portugal, 
who's who's joined our staff, who's going to be adding to Steve's group in terms of oversight and development of new and more modern ideas related to coaching in Southern California, reorganization of competitions, looking at things that we do in our methodology. And nobody in America is going to have two directors better than Diogo Gama from Sporting Club Portugal and Steve Hoffman. Nobody. I don't even know if on SoCal's side to even have somebody in coaching whatever it is for them. So again, it's another setting us apart, value added. And if I would tell you the tens of thousands of coaches that have gotten their education through Steve Hoffman and those programs, it's staggering. It's staggering. And you would think, Nick, that that would buy us some some uh, political credibility and some sustain of, uh, of membership. But at the end of the day, uh, we have to say, what else can we do for our members? So we are now refocusing all of our education on grassroots League America. So USU soccer got tired of people saying, well, I just play you rec soccer. Listen, playing rec soccer is a great thing. The majority of people in the world play rec soccer. The majority, 95, 96% play rec soccer. Call it what you want. It's still recreational soccer. And adults play, 99.9% play rec soccer. They might want to say they're semi-pro. Don't know why. They might want to say that they're almost pro. Well, that's true. But it's all sort of forms of recreational soccer. And what we're trying to do with the youth kids at five years old, when they enter the game, in the first zone, the five or six years that they start, we want them to create a love and fun at playing the game of soccer. We don't want to burn them out. We don't want to kill their their their, their enjoyment of the sport. We want them to ex- ex- exhibit at the end of the first five years the fact that they will become fans for life. Fans for life. Those people cheering yesterday in Orlando, most of those weren't professional players. They were soccer moms, dads, kids cheering for a national team because they were converted to become fans at life. Whether it started at five or 55, we're trying to convert people to enjoy the game for the fun of supporting a team. And I think that uh, our, our program that we're putting forward, we have a symposium April 30th at Long Beach at the Marriott uh, for League America. And I invite everybody to go on our website and sign up for the League America Cup uh, uh, symposium and come by and see what we're offering for supporting new coaches. There's so much information, Nick, now on your phone. There's nobody in the world that can't get everything they need for coaching sessions or running teams. And I know that there's a shortage of rec coaches sometimes, and people are told that if you don't coach your team, you're not going to get a team because there's not enough coaches. So no one should be scared of taking over a team because there's lots of materials that they can get off of their telephone. And that's been made simple. That was not the case 50 years ago. You know, this was a crusade trying to explain to people what a soccer ball was. We're way past that now. But we're nowhere near to the numbers of children that we should have playing soccer. And we're a little bit limited at time because of fields, because of organization. Uh, you know, we put out some documents that we're, we're sharing on our website today called How to Increase Volunteer Participation how to increase player registration. Well, the first part of that, Nick, is you got to ask. You got to ask people if they'll join. 
They can't read your mind. They need to be asked. So ask your neighbors, ask the schools. We're starting with U.S. Soccer, a big in-school program. And we have Jordan Schweitzer joined us. That's going to be working on a school program for U.S. Soccer Foundation called Soccer for Success, which is after school. So we have in-school, after-school, referee development, coaching education. And oh, by the way, draw a big box. And if that's not enough, we actually have in Cal South that when you play in cups, you actually go someplace. You win Cal South's uh, championship and you go to regionals and you can go to nationals. If you play in SoCal, you play the state cup, you go no place, game over, have a nice day. So you tell me where added value is in that. So we actually have competitions. We had at the top of our game 4,000 teams that played in cups. We've obviously lost some teams. And Anthony Morales does a great job running competitions. And we're looking to grow that as we speak. And Diego Gama is working on a a hub program, which is a a, a scouting system and and an ability to have cameras at most of our big playing sites where moms and dads are going to be able to watch their kids, whether they can make it to the game or not. They can get it in real live streaming from all of our locations. Coaches and referees can use it for education. And that's going to be coming to you over this summer. And hopefully we'll be in full swing by September of 2022. A fantastic tool. And as a product of Cal South Coaching, I was actually uh, under Steve in 1990 when I took my first D license. So Steve Hoffman was my instructor. Uh, we have a, a long-time relationship, and he is without doubt one of the top coaching instructors in the country. And for any young aspiring coaches or older aspiring coaches out there, you need to come to Cal South and learn under the tutelage of Steve Hoffman and his amazing team. Now, you, you mentioned Sporting Club Lisbon, obviously one of the one of the most famous names actually in Portugal, a team that actually found. Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, so this is this is a this is a club that has well versed in in discovering some of the great players of the game today. What what excites you about this relationship, Terry? Well, the the idea that if you're next to Ajax, they're the they're the the most famous and most uh, successful club in player development, and you can't say that lightly. So that. Uh, when you, when you talk about having a methodology where you can go and identify young players and put in place ideas within your coaching structure for continued training and keeping to the task, uh, that, that for me is the next step for kids in Cal South. And we're starting it down at the lowest level in League America so that the kids can get a good basis and have this fun that's necessary. And then at the ages of 10 and 11, when there's a development piece where they may decide that they're more talented, have a different interest. You know, all that experience that Diogo brings from Sporting Club Portugal is going to be value-added, joining with Steve Hoffman and our current staff of people to give us an incredible basis for which we can go out and talk to DOCs. You know, there's many, many DOCs would like you to think that the world of soccer ends at their doorstep. Well, we're all in an ecosystem. And you're only as good as your experiences. And when you start bringing in people with the experience of Sporting Club Portugal and a guy like Diogo, he can answer a lot of questions, be a great benefit to people. And oh, by the way, he can add new value to the Cal South proposition of we're not only talking about what was in the past, we're talking about what is the future of the game. And I think many of our DOCs 
in, in many levels are kind of stuck in the moment and we need a refresh. And for me, bringing Diogo to join our coaching staff and be an influential person in, the, in, our, in our soccer curriculum is going to be a huge unmatched benefit uh, for Cal South. And one of the reasons that people should decide to come back and rejoin Cal South. We need to get our numbers back up to the place where they were before they were hijacked in the middle of the night. And uh, I think some of it is just a question of re restructuring their thinking. And that's what we're trying to do in this broadcast. You, know, you mentioned future and, and value add. And uh, over the six months, you and I have managed to get together and introduce other platforms of the game to Cal South in terms of partnerships. And I'm looking at Beach Soccer and Keeper Wars. How do you think these platforms uh, will continue to grow and provide, provide the benefits that you and I believe that they have? Well, as a state association, Nick, we're, we're charged with growing the game of soccer. So we just had this past Friday a fabulous event with the U.S. National Deaf Soccer Team. That was a that was a really a good Amy Griffiths from University of Washington previously. Blaine Shepard put a lot of work into it. Steve Hoffman put a lot of work into it. Just got off a phone call prior to this with the U.S. Blind Soccer Association that's coming to Cal South. Is currently doing some work with Angel City, not the Angel City FC, but Angel City. So we are trying to take every element of soccer and make it as part of the family inclusive of Cal South. It's our task to be as broad and as wide and as deep as we can possibly be in participation and understanding of the needs of our community. Uh, the, the, other, the other important element here is also to talk about we are trying with our ITG grant proposal. We should get an answer on that this week. Uh, we've we've hired Juan Ignacio Blanco, formerly of Alianza, to head up our uh, recruitment of unaffiliated members, those members that previously didn't belong, didn't think they had a place, didn't think they had a home. That's a building, building relationships, building trust so we can actually have a transaction. And Juan Ignacio is dealing with that right now. We're also in the process of trying to recruit teams for the Pacific Players League in San Diego, uh, and that has to get up and going. We're, we're, we're not sure the, of, the, of the future of the Presidio Soccer League and what they're doing or not, but we're down there trying to recruit a playing league so that we can have structure again in San Diego. We, we are very concerned uh, about the amount of travel that families have to go through in one weekend. You just had an experience. You know, families first, players first, like versus like, and also taking into to effect that the competition has to be fun for every element of the transaction. If moms and dads say, oh my God, I gotta go again to here or there, four hours in traffic. Nick, you experienced it this weekend. Did you have any fun? No, it was painful beyond belief. And the fact that the game was switched at the last hour from Norco Silver Lakes to San Diego, Del Mar was an absolute disgrace. Well, it happens more than once in that organization called SoCal. So I think, I think that we're trying our best. We're trying to be f- customer friendly. We're trying to make Cal South easy to do business with. We're trying to work on making our registration uh, platform easy to do business with. We, are, we have revised 
all of our membership ideas that we were taking, kicking down some of those things that were difficult for people to overcome whenever they asked, could we become a member of CalSouth? We're trying to get everything streamlined so that their interaction with CalSouth is as customer friendly as possible. Because at the end of the day, the soccer family is our customer. We're here to serve. We work for them. Without them, we have nothing. And I think when you take the approach of customer first, listen to their, their, their issues. And that's what we tried to do with PPL. Families first, players first. Last question before I let you go, because I know you are an extraordinarily busy man. Olympic development program. Cal South for the last 30 years has absolutely dominated and brings home multiple national championships every single year. Without a doubt, the jewel in the crown. Talk to us about the ODP and, and why it's so just such a, a great program for Cal South players. The history of ODP started in the 70s. So if you think about the romance of somebody saying, I'm in an Olympic development program. So there is a mystique of Olympics. Development is key and program. So this is also the, the only program that gets approval from school districts to allow children to leave and miss school to go play at regional and national events because it's an ODP program. The ODP program is bigger as big as U.S. soccer. So look at national governing bodies, soccer, U.S. soccer, national governing body. But the Olympic program is mega because all the NGBs, national governing bodies, belong to the Olympic program. So the, the, the idea, the romance of ODP from 70, the 70s to today continues. Of course, ODP has changed because we now have a vibrant professional league ODP is used in many cases in the first 25 years of MLS to identify players that should go into academies. And now with all of the fragmentation that we're getting, stratification of players leave earlier to go and play in academies at the, at the professional level. So there's other players that go to play in ECNL stuff. So the players that are left, I always said, as one door opens, and another closes, new opportunities are created for players because if 5% left, that means 5% more can come in from the bottom that many times never would have gotten a chance. And out of those many, many times, Nick, late developers, late bloomers are identified not only to go and play at a higher level, but also to play in college and play in university. But it also helps them advance their love of the game so that they play it into adult soccer. You and I have talked about many different ideas. You've, you've, you've talked about additional competitions. You've talked about how do we grow the adult game in Southern California. You've done an amazing job with Aldo. We are now up to over 7,500 registered CalSouth adults, up from 2,000 when we started this in June. And there's no limit to what we can do. We'd like that to get to be 20 to 30,000 adult players where we can do a proper state cup for women, a proper state cup for men, a proper moving those teams forward to regional competitions. So my friend, the work has just begun and we're glad to say we've got new governance. We've got new enthusiasm. You're going to see that we're going to be coming out with a total rebrand of our, of our logo in the next 30 days. 
And I think it's a great time to come back home where Cal South should be given the credit it deserves for making youth soccer and adult soccer in California South what it is. And I would just encourage all of you that are having any apprehensions, pick up the phone, call me at 253-569-8571, 253-569-8571. I answer every call and I return every call and I'm here to serve you. Terry Fisher, CEO of Cal South. The first six months has been a real roller coaster. I can't wait to see what happens in the next six months and when you return on the bear and the ball to give us the updates. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Webster. You can follow Cal South at Cal South Soccer on Twitter, at Cal South Soccer on Instagram. And of course, you can always find us on Facebook. The Bear and the Ball will be back next week. Can't wait to speak to you all then. Bye.